So the new jersey that came out from New Jersey. You like that fun? We're starting off strong. Have you seen it, Jeffrey? Um I kind of saw bits and pieces. I didn't actually open up to see the actual um entire thing actually. But is it is, is it okay if I take a quick peek? Go take a quick peek. Um so it was partly designed by uh Martin Brodeur. He actually had a he was part of the inspiration that did this. And when I saw this, my first thought was of Chicago's 2019-2020 premier jersey. I think black alternate, sorry, black alternate jersey. Jeffrey, I said you in our little conversation chat we had as well. It's just pure black and white. And if you're the designer of that Blackhawks jersey, are you not just dropping the meme of Soldier Boy at Breakfast Club being like, he stole my whole flow. He copied my whole effing flow. Because, like, they're basically the same, right? Maybe it's, like, missing, like, as one less stripe, maybe. Maybe as one more stripe. I mean, they do look quite similar. I, I would definitely agree with you on that. Like, he copied his whole flow. For, for the meme, he copied his whole flow. I'm not a, like... How do I put this? It's funny. It's like peak sports. You know what I mean? If like I'm not a sports guy and I'm like, I gotta get like a jersey to wear at like a sports thing. Like if I'm having like a Super Bowl party, like, you know, and like I need a jersey to wear, that's the jersey I buy. Like that screams sports, does it not? Well, not a black and white jersey, I would say. I would, I, like, I think. It's hard, right? Like, you, I think you need, like, when you do a black and white jersey, the problem is that it's, there's oftentimes, like, it's not your team colors, right? Like, you need to have some pop and color for, you know, people to be like, oh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a sports guy. It's a guy wearing a sports jersey, right? So, I don't know if I, if I agree with you on that. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. This really screams, like, I need to buy one jersey for any sporting event I'll ever have. And that's the one I'm going to have. Yeah. Like, I guess if, like, you just need, like, a new, like, black and white, that's, like, as neutral as you can get, right? But at the same time, like, it, people won't recognize that. They'll just be like, oh, you're just wearing something that's black and white. I don't think they would consider, like, a jersey, like, black and white. Like, to me, it, it's, like, I'm not a big fan of black and white jerseys. I would say, like, it's just the jerseys like the team has those team colors right and when you just go black and white you're basically like disregarding team colors okay but i think there are some very classic black and white jerseys that make the cut like we'll move out of hockey for a sec the yankees black and white gets the job done you know from afar that's a yankees jersey so i don't know about that black and white. it has to be a very classic look it's it's a very hit or miss, and I'd say most times it's a miss. But when it hits, it hits. I wouldn't describe the... I would almost describe the Yankees jersey as a white jersey with pinstripes. Right? It's not a black and white jersey. Just because it has, you know, black... Like, it's not, like, evident that the black is there, right? It's primarily a white jersey with designs on it. Well, the actual logo is black, though. Yeah, but that doesn't make it a black and white jersey just because the logo is black. Sir, what colors are on the jersey? 
uh, white with a hint and, of black. Yeah. So I heard two colors there. Can you name them? Uh, white and, and black. So does that what color? What colors on the jersey? Black and white. So that makes them a black and white jersey, right, Jeffrey? <laughs> um. See, there's one thing I would like to maybe ask you. Just because it looks like black doesn't mean it is black. I would like to tell you that the Yankees, um, their brand colors, yes, it's white, but it's not actually black. It's midnight navy blue. Oh, my God. I was expecting you to say Yankee gray or something like that. <laughs> so I, their jersey is not black and white. It's a midnight navy blue and white. So I'm sorry, there. I don't think that's a black and white jersey that you can say that looks good if it's not black and white. I'm embarrassed. I'll be honest with you, Jeffrey. I'm embarrassed myself. You should be. <laughs> Can't even get the prep done for, you know, the intro, you know, has this, you know, sends me, you know, the links for everything and then falters at the last hurdle. And with that, let's start the show proper, shall we? <laughs> You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. So call this an episode about jerseys, but have you seen the Team Canada jerseys for the Olympics? Uh, I don't think so, because I was thinking like the team would be announced first before we see the jerseys. Well, no, you got to, you know, be able to buy it. Come on. This is, this is about money. <laughs> That's so cynical. I'm sorry. But I will, again, send you the pictures because unlike you, I do prep. Um, I, I can see them. Um, I don't know if you can call them jerseys per se. What do you mean? That's the, what they're going to wear in the Olympics. Is that? I, I would be a little bit embarrassed if I had to go out and wear that on the ice. Why? Tell me why. Um, it doesn't look like they put much thought into it. Like, okay, I could maybe... Okay, I think out of the three, you'd probably say the black jersey looks the nicest, correct? Honestly? Okay, I want to hear you first. Uh, finish your thoughts, and then I will completely disagree with you. The red jersey looks like an eyesore. I think the white jersey is trying to replicate like a classic, you know, um, like 1960, 1970, like the Summit Series look with like, the white jersey and then just the red maple leaf. But like, to be honest, I, I'm a guy who likes, you know, darker colors. So I, I'm more okay with the black jersey than the other two. Like the white one's not that bad. But like in my, my preference, I like darker colors. So I'll go with the black jersey. Really? I am completely opposite with you. I love the white jersey. It's like simple. It's classic. You get there. You see the maple leaf. You know it's Canada. You know, I'm not a fan of words as your logo. So like jersey doesn't hit it for me. If they wrote Canada right across of it, not a fan. I know the uh, the classic Summit Series jersey, Canada right down the uh, diagonal. Mm, not a fan of it. This one, the I don't love the. You know how like in between the logo they have the lines there showing like the. I, there's probably a technical term for this in the leaf, but like you know, like the little joints in the leaf. <laughs> Clearly not a science person or a biology person, but you know what I'm talking about, right, Jeffrey? You mean the veins in the leaf? The sure the veins. Not a huge fan of the veins per se, but the white and red, mwah, love it. The 
red and black. I don't love the black leaf, but I really like the black like stripes. So I get it. If you you're not gonna have too many colors on there, I can live with that. That one's like a nice like B minus. The white and red one is a nice A or A minus. I I just dislike the black one, the black and the red one. Um, how do I put this? It looks really boring in the sense like the black leaf and the black jersey, it just like blends in together. You know what I mean? If it made maybe a red leaf, I, I could see that. I could maybe like live with it. Probably I might even like it a lot more, but the black on black does not work. Like, let's be honest here. When I go out for, when I try to go out, like, you know, have dinner or whatever, I'm not wearing black on black. I I would agree with you that maybe it's the black leaf maybe throws it off a little bit. Like I think the red leaf would be nice, but I think that would be a copy of one of like their former Team Canada jerseys, though. Okay, but like it's not that much of a copy. Let's be honest here. The white and the red is a copy of like ten other Canadian jerseys. So like, what's the problem? Yeah, but it's like it's your like national team colors. Like it's only a third jersey, so like in terms of like. Ugly third jerseys is not the worst. I, I just don't like... I agree with you. I think the black leaf looks bad. And maybe that's why I don't really like the red jersey, per se. But um, I don't know. I agree with you. The white jersey is the best out of the three. Like, okay, here's... I think here's my biggest problem with the black jersey. It just feels like it's very much... Like, they threw it together the last second, right? So, black on black, first one. And then if you look on the other two jerseys, this color of the stripes... Or what is your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at the black one, it's like also black, but a different shade that like they kind of just like plopped on top from like let's say your pectorals and above. It's like a different color of black. That kind of makes sense. It's like a dark gray. So you could say the colors are black, red, and dark gray, and that no, ah <laughs> uh, no, not for me. Honestly, though, like, I like that, like, my favorite Team Canada jerseys are always the one with, you know, I kind of get what you mean, like, you know, the upper regions, like, the shoulders up, that area. I like that when there's, like, a different color or different design compared to everything else because it just gives it a little bit more accent, a little bit more detail. But I, I, I would definitely say it overall, like, these jerseys for 2022 are probably on the lower end of team canada jerseys of the past okay but you want to see i want your thoughts on the american jerseys and the canadian ones both designed by nike jeffrey i'll give you a second take a look at them um i'll be the first one to tell you i don't like them uh i think the white jerseys just look like they don't they don't cut it for me it's just they just remind me of like a nice polo shirt (laughs) but also it's if you see like the white, blue, and red on the arms doesn't go all the way. It just goes, like, in the front and the back. It's just, like, all white. So that doesn't cut it for me. And I'm not a fan of your alternate of the blue jerseys just being a lighter blue. Like, no. <laughs> if it's, you're, you know, if the colors of the flag are red, white, and blue, then make a red, white, and a blue jersey. Why, why make a white, blue, and a blue jersey? Yeah, that's uh, like your third jersey is supposed to be like kind of like almost like very different from everything else you're wearing. But so I, I kind of agree with you. Like, but at the same time, it's a third jersey, right? Like, how often do you think they're going to be wearing it? Like, 
especially if you look at you know the group they're playing for in the Olympics, right? With Canada, U.S., Germany, and China. Like I think blue. I guess they can win a third jersey blue because no one else wears blue. But yeah, I I, I definitely think maybe the design. Maybe you. I gotta be honest. Like eventually, you're just gonna run out of designs for jerseys, and no matter what you do, you're gonna end up just copying back an old one. So, like, maybe it's just because I like the classic jerseys. Like, but maybe like I just think like I know it makes money for the teams, but like realistically, can you just not go back to one of your old jerseys? And you know, it's fine. I don't think you know fans are that you know caught up in you know we want a new jersey every four years. Would you be upset if they reused a very similar jersey? So not the same one, but a very similar one. Would you be upset about it? No, I wouldn't. It's still representing, you know, your country. I think it's fine. It doesn't have to be a new jersey. Because like, I feel like you can definitely get a jersey that's like very similar Right, and if it's like far back enough, like let's be honest here, let's say you get a you know use a jersey from the fifties as like your, you know your your foundation, and you kind of make you know changes to it. I feel like that's good enough, right? Like, <laughs> chances are people don't have a jersey from the fifties. Yeah, like I think there's a lot of jerseys that you know they take the old jerseys, they've modernized it a little bit to you know kind of reflect you know, make it not as old timey, but like it's kind of like a retro jersey. Um these like the USJ jersey looks like it's just been too modernized and it just doesn't, you know, do it for me. Like I I would say both these jerseys, like Nike kind of screwed up. I wonder if maybe there's gonna be a new sponsors next year. I mean I feel like that's like how do I put this? I don't think it's a it's it's necessarily who makes the jerseys. I just think they are trying new things. I'll give them that. They're trying new things and it's not necessarily working out. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. I don't know. But let's just completely pivot because I have no way of actually making this change. Remember when Matt Murray signed his deal with the with the um that's the word I'm looking for, Ottawa Senators? Uh, I do. It, I don't know if it kind of surpri- surprised me as like a pretty big risk for the team to make, given the fact, you know, like this was a team that was on the down low, like not doing so good. But I, I did have, you know, part of me that kind of hoped that, you know, Matt Murray could be, you know, that stabilizing force in Ottawa. You know, it's the first time Melnick spent money. So maybe he'll, you know, finally show that, you know, they're really going to build a contender in Ottawa. Do you remember what I said about that deal? No, I don't think so. So I remember distinctly saying that he wasn't going to finish that deal there. And at that time, my argument was, if you look at how the cash is for that deal, uh, I believe the first year he was making $4 million in cash, then 6 then 7 then 8 and my thinking behind it was like, oh, by like year three, year four, Eugene probably won't want to pay over what his cap hit is, right? So the 6.25, but he's paying eight. He's going to probably want to get rid of that and kind of 
trade that for what he did before where cap it is 6.25, but the actual cash is four, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I said from the start where he was gonna, not going to finish the deal with the Senators. But I never thought he would be put on waivers. You know what I mean? This is beyond what I thought it'd be. Um, so he has been put on waivers, right? And I'm assuming they're going to buy out his contract, right? Well, it doesn't make sense to buy out his contract now. It probably makes more sense. Of, like, I don't think you can... Like, it's not a buyout window right now, but I could... I, I would agree with you. Like, it, he could probably be bought out at, like, the end of the season. Like, just the remaining two years. And, I mean, it's not that bad of a buyout cost, I would say, if you are buying out Matt Murray. But, like, you kind of feel bad for him, right? Like, he started out his career so well. And then now, he just... I think with injuries were a big thing for him. And maybe... He got hyped up a little bit too much in the beginning that it really affected his progression as a starting goalie in the NHL. Back-to-back buyouts in the Stanley Cup final, I believe, where he started. Um, but yeah, you're right. So buyout, um, end of the season, I think that's where it's going. If he does that next year, the cap hit would be 1.75. Yeah, for that, would be 750. Then 2.5 and 2.5. And um in terms of that, it just means it's about ten million over four years of cap hit. Um, I don't know. Sorry, seven and a half million over four years in uh, cap hit. I don't know, man. It's yeah, like I was thinking about this, and like my first thought was, remember when the Kraken first joined the NHL, and it was, man, are they going to lose Matt Murray, or are they going to lose? Mark andre Fleury. If you're the Penguins and you look at this revisionist history, you've got to think you made the wrong decision, right? Uh, you're talking about Vegas, I think, and not the Kraken? Sorry, not Kraken. Yeah, Vegas, you're right. I think if you're Pittsburgh... Or you're like, it doesn't matter. We got something out of the deal anyways. Well... What they got like a second and John Gruden for trading Matt Murray. Um, like I think that maybe like Pittsburgh right now, goalie wise, they're not doing too bad. I think Tristan Jerry's kind of rebounded from last year, but maybe they would have like you know knowing that how good Mark Andre Fleur like he's still playing fairly well. I mean he's bounced back from a rough start, but I think if you're Pittsburgh, you're kind of looking back and saying like, oh, um, we could have you know. Fleury was still being good for us a couple more years. He hadn't dropped off just yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say maybe they'd be a little bit disappointed. But at the same time, it's hard to fault them on that decision, right? Like, you've got a goalie who was in their mid-30s, and you had a goalie who was in their mid-20s. And if you're going to decide between which one's going to be better for your future, I think you have to go for the goalie in their mid-20s. Mm-hmm. But... Jumping backwards towards the Sens, how much of this can you just blame on the Sens not being good, right? Like, I get it. Murray has no win and five losses a season. 890 with a 326 GA, right? Mm-hmm. But Forsberg is 1-4 with a 883 and a 444 GA. And Gustafson's played better, 
341 with a 341 GAA, nice, and a 905 save percentage. Like, is it worth it? Like, is there a point of just sticking him in Belleville? Is that to, like, help him build his confidence back? Because if not, like, what's the point of keeping Forsberg and putting Murray in the AHL when Forsberg clearly is playing worse? I think that you put Matt Murray on waivers just to see if anyone's going to, you know, potentially pick him up. But I think, like, this is a rebuilding team, right? Not not like we thought maybe they would be able to make the jump this season, but I think we can clearly see that until they get some, you know, actual goaltending, it's going to be hard for them to, you know, really compete with the best of the Atlantic division. Um, I don't know if Matt Murray is maybe the one that they want there with Philip Gustafson, because I think... Like with Anton Forsberg, right? He knows he's never going to be a, he's probably not going to be a starter in the NHL. Like he's, you know, his role is probably third goalie, I think, on most teams. Philip Gustafson is kind of like the future of hopefully for uh, Sun. So I think they're, they just want to make sure that he has like good support. And I think between, you know, Forsberg and Gustafson is probably a better tandem both uh, in the locker room, I think, and on the ice than, you know, having Philip Gustafson with Matt Murray. Okay. Um, but if, like, I don't think you can necessarily, I don't think there's much of a trade market for Matt Murray, right? Because if you're any other team right now, you're just, why would you give up an asset for Matt Murray unless you want Ottawa to retain salary, but your waivers don't affect that at all, Right. Yeah, like I, I don't think he's you know getting traded per se. I'm just thinking more along the lines that, you know, you can just throw him into minors. Like I, I honestly, if he does even go to the minors, I wonder if he's even gonna play. I think he plays, man. Like, I think at some point you're hoping that he regains his mojo and you can trade him away. Yeah, it is a hard contract to trade and. I don't know. I, to me, I, I just keep looking at this and I'm just saying, you, you, I feel sorry for Matt Murray, but I agree. I think this year is going to be a wasted year for him. I don't see, like maybe they'll give, you know, Murray a couple of chances in with the with Belleville. But if it turns out, you know, he's not really making much improvements and he's just blocking time for their other, other goalies, then I think uh, Belleville, uh, I mean, Ottawa is just going to be like, hey, why don't you just take the year off? We're going to buy you out at the end of the season. And then maybe you can uh, see what other opportunities are out there for you because it's not, doesn't seem like it's going to work in Ottawa. I mean, okay. So I don't fully understand why there's absolutely no market for him in the sense as if you look at, or like the coyotes, why wouldn't they take a guy like him? Like the Sabres, right? Your owner is willing to put in the cash, right? So cash is an issue where it might be an issue for a team like the Sanders. Um, your goalies aren't your goalies for the future, right? Your your goalies right now are Aaron Dell, Dustin Tokarski, Craig Anderson. I know your future is Uka Pekka Lukanen, but he wasn't very good last season in four games why not 
hopefully stick Matt Murray in and use him as a stopgap for the next year or two until A, his contract's over, B, Lukanen's ready to, to play. Um, you have the cap space. Uh, I don't think it's going to cost much if you want to retain salary, but if not, you're just going to pick him up on waivers and you're good to go. And the other team I'd be looking at would be the Coyotes. Your goalies are Scott Wedgwood, Carol Velmeca, and in in the uh, minors, you've got Kronar, Tenak, Prosvetov, and Thornton. None of these guys are ready. Um, in terms of their starter now, who's their starter now? Uh, I think it's Scott Wedgwood. I don't think it is. I think Scott Wedgwood is your backup. Oh, I hear, sorry, they're splitting. So uh, Wedgwood has 10 games, 261, 920. Ooh, maybe that's totally under the radar. And Vemelka, totally going to butcher that name. Um, 13 games, 306, 905. So maybe Arizona may not be that interested, seeing as how the goalies seem to actually be playing okay. Um, but, you know, if you're Buffalo, why not take a flyer? I think you're reasoning is sound in the sense that like what do you have to lose but then i think you look at it and think can i not you know use that cap space or the assets like however minimal it is going to take to acquire matt murray for you know someone who has a better chance of potentially bouncing back like we've seen matt murray i highly doubt it that he's you know the first guy you would think about potentially bringing in to maybe give a flyer like I, I think if you're buffalo yes i would take a flyer on matt murray but i won't take a flyer on a matt murray worth 6.25 on the gap why not in the sense that you've clearly got the guy in the future in the waiting wings he probably needs about two years like how long murray's contract is maybe a year right um your current goalies are you sign them in the sense that they're stop gaps right 32 year old 32 year old and a 40 year old they're clearly stop gaps um, and your team has no expectations. I would probably see, like, it's not just about goal. I think Buffalo, like, to be honest, like if I, it was me, I would be, if I was Buffalo in this situation, I would probably be like, where can I use this cap space and, you know, find a contender who needs to, you know, dump a contract or two and how can I get assets back? that are actual assets compared to a Matt Murray who might not be, you know, an actual asset, right? He's probably lost value, I would say, at this point. And I, it's hard to see him being positive value as an asset. So I think if you're Buffalo, you, you're just kind of waiting for the deadline and seeing uh, whether you can, you know, retain, like, cap for another team so that you can get some assets. Like, I'm, I'm actually very, very surprised that Buffalo didn't, get back any assets when they uh, took Johnny Boychuk off of uh, the Islanders. I think part of the reason why I'm intrigued by Buffalo is I think the cost to retain would actually be uniquely low. In the sense, you would be able to pay off part of... You would help the Sanders reach their cap floor. Um, and at the same time, you can still not eat into your own cap, so you can still eat some bad contracts. I don't think, I don't, I think if you went to the centers, like I'll give you like a, a sixth or a fifth, and you ate a couple million, 
I don't necessarily think Ottawa would be too fussed about it. And honestly, Matt Murray at 4.25, I'd be totally fine with taking a flyer on that. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time, you know, finding, you know, a reason for a team to want Matt Murray enough to, like, even consider him as an NHL option at this point. Like, if you're getting him, you're more than likely just going to be, you know, using him probably as a third goalie. Like, I just don't see it at all. And I also wonder, like, when was the last time Ottawa retained salary on a person? Like, I'm trying to find that out right now. And I can't, like, just, like, anecdotally, I can't think of a time where they retained salary. So, it's hard for me. I don't know. Maybe they've never retained salary. The last time they retained salary was October 7th, 2019. Uh, when the Rangers acquired Nick Ebert and a 2021st. Oh, that's not who was retaining. It's uh, the Rangers retaining. I totally got that wrong. Um, it would be February 23rd, 2018, when the, it was a three-way trade, when the Senators acquired Ian Cole and Philip Gustafson. Uh, a first and a third. Uh, that was further traded. We'll not do with that. But they retained on Derek Broussard. Um, I think it was $2 million. And then the pen and then traded him away again to retain the whole bunch. It's just much cap gymnastics. But what's important here was that the Sens retained two million on Derek Broussard in twenty eighteen. So that was the last time. Yeah. I I guess it's recent enough, but like then again, right, retaining on a guy with multiple years left on their contract, that's always very, very risky i would say like you look at the the leafs and retaining on the phil kessel deal i know that's completely different domain but that's still a very you know risky proposition so to me like i just i I would be a little bit you know worried about it okay speaking of retained uh do you hear the news that the sharks are willing to retain on a trade for evander kane I still don't think that's going to be enough for teams to, to to want to acquire him. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think... um, Yeah, that to me, that doesn't really make sense. Um, I would also like to point out, Mr. Olsen, again, that I don't think it was Ottawa who retained. I thought it was Vegas that retained. No, Vegas acquired Broussard. Yeah, and then they flipped him to Pittsburgh with... 40% retained. Uh, they both retained, I believe. I would like to believe there was a retention. And if not, if it was the week before with the Dion Phaneuf trade, they retained there too. So, doesn't make a difference. <laughs> okay. But, let's go back to Evander Kane. Um, I don't think there's, again, another negative value asset. I don't think that there's going to be a single team out there that is going to be willing to trade for an Evander Kane at his price point and with his uncertainty right now? Well, I don't feel that the play is the issue. You know what I mean? The price point, in my opinion, isn't isn't the issue. I think if he was making, let's say, 750000 I still don't think I would acquire him. You know what I mean? Like, it's in a tough spot for San Jose because they can't do anything. 
You know what I mean? All San Jose can do is kind of just retain salary. That's their only actual thing they can do. But if you look at like his ability to play hockey, he he's worth how much he gets paid. Yeah. No, like I, I agree with you. Like if you had Evander Kane without all the off ice issues, I think his contract is perfectly fine. But I then would also again agree with you uh, the fact that no matter how much money he's making, his off ice issues does not make it worth, you know, trading for him. Like at this point, is your best bet not to just buy him out? I think if you're San Jose, you're just hoping for a you shouldn't I sh- I don't shouldn't say it like this, but you're if you're San Jose, you're looking at okay, can when can we, you know, terminate his contract? Like I know at the beginning right now they've said that, you know, so far he hasn't done anything that require that can, you know, necessitate necessitate a contract termination, but I think if, you know, more things come out or like something else happens, I could very easily see like San Jose being like, Hey, look, he, you know, violated our contract, we can now terminate him, right? So then that way they don't even have to worry about, you know, the cap hit from the buyout. But don't you think they've already like considered that in the sense like they've they've been probably looking at this for like forever and they're just like, well, I you know what? Like he hasn't necessarily done anything sorry, that's still worth it. Like if they already you know, I'm sure like they've already considered that, you know what I mean? Like considered that um like the buyout or No, considered like finding a way to him to be terminated or his contract to be terminated, not him to be terminated, sorry. But his contract to be terminated. Don't you think they've already like tried to find a, a way to do that? They just couldn't? Uh yeah, but I think there's there, they have the time to wait, I think. Right, like it doesn't. They don't have to trade him right away. I think they can at least, you know, kind of, you know, look at, uh, you know, what if there's going to be other things that might happen that will allow them to terminate him. Right. So I think, I I don't know. Like, yes, he's coming back, but I think like if you're another NHL team, you want to see him, see if he's back on the ice. Like, will he? Is he? Can he still play? Like, has he? push all his off-ice stuff away. Um, I, I I just think, like, there's, there's very little reason for a team to trade for Evander Kane at this point. Well, here's the issue, I think, for the... Um, what's I'm looking for? The San Jose Sharks. Is that they have to keep at least $7 million in cap space. You know what I mean? Because if he comes back, now you're completely stuck. Right, because he comes back, well, you're now over the cab. You got to figure out what to do, and now teams are holding, you know, holding you by holding you hostage when you're making trades, right? Yeah, like I, I think they have the cap space if he does come back. Like, he, like they wouldn't be in cap hell or anything, like. Uh, so they have seven point three eight million. So they really have three three point three eight million. Yeah, and then plus, like, then a player will come off the roster, right? So, like, they'll, they'll have cap space, so it's not, like, the worst thing. But I think it's just, if you do bring him back, like, how will the room respond to him, right? No, like, sorry. Let me, let me kind of just jump. Let me kind of rephrase my question. So, let's say they try to bring someone else in, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that player makes two and a half million or three million. Now, 
if Vander Kame comes back, now you're about 2.5 million. And if you're going to a team and you're like, hey, I'm trying to get rid of two and a half million and they see your cap situation, they're not, they're going to ask for a lot of assets in return, right? Yes, but I look at San Jose and I don't see them. Like, I don't, I don't think it's trading them. I don't think San Jose is trying to trade to, you know, make sure that they have cap space. I think they're trading Evander Kane because they want his issues off the team. I don't know if we're, you know, thinking of different things here, but like, it, like when Evander Kane comes back, they're still going to have like a little bit of, you know, they're going to have wiggle room. It's not like they're going to have to, you know, have to be dependent on emergency call-ups. Um, I'm not sure either if this is a team that's going to be looking to add at the trade deadline. Like if they're a team that's, you know, going to be pushing for a playoff spot. So like to me, I, I, I don't think like he's, he's having low value because of all his off ice issues. I don't think it's going to be anything related to the team. Okay. Uh, I think we've got a different opinion on a few things here, but that's what the podcast is about. Um, with that being said, Jeffrey, uh, what are your final thoughts? Um, I was just going to bring up something I thought. I don't remember if I had it set up yet, but maybe we'll save it for next week when Anton comes back because there was something I wanted to talk about to you about, but I feel like we need Anton's opinion as well. I feel like it'll, it'll be disrespectful you know, if we talked about Columbus without him here. I, we've done that a couple of times and I, I don't think he'd be very appreciative of us. Alright. So, what's your final thoughts? Um, well, i like to wish our American listeners a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, it's, you know, it's a wonderful time to, you know, spend time with family. So, make sure you do that for all our American friends. All, all of us up here in Canada have already experienced it about a month and a half ago. Um, you know, uh, if there's anything you want for Black Friday, make sure you buy it early because as I found out, I am very behind on my Christmas shopping right now. So once we're done this podcast, I'm going to go back to my uh, Christmas shopping and uh, get the things I need for my family. And your podcast goes, what? Oh, great, Jeffrey. Good choice on that. Um, yeah. So happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. Um, final thought, stuffing is overrated and cranberry sauce underrated um and i did my shopping so i'm not that far behind so uh, we will talk to you next week and hopefully answer will be here bye thanks for listening to the bank fucks podcast part of the national podcast network you want to complain about us you can tweet us at bop underscore pod on twitter thanks for listening and we'll see you soon